Father, in Jesus' name, I once again surrender all the things that I have to teach, Lord. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable to you, Lord, in your sight, Lord. Let me teach only that which needs to be taught by you, Lord. For each of us to understand what your heart longs for, a true relationship with us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Last week was Valentine's Day for those of you who do not know. And it's a day that uh, if you're in college, you will present somebody with flowers or something or the other, yeah? And if you're married, you got other better things to do, yes? Don't answer me. See, there's a song that was there when I grew up and it it's like it goes like this I'm not going to sing it but it says who do you love who do you love who do you love baby who do you love no it goes on like that and this was coming in my mind and I'm like why is of all songs is this coming in my mind when I was preparing this talk and I was thinking okay scripturally if I go to Revelation chapter 2 it says God says not to lose your first love and all that okay you can take it that, that way but the Lord spoke to me about this and uh, it was like uh, kind of grounding me on what I had to teach on and I told you this before yeah a young preacher wrote a book which was read by an older preacher. This happened maybe 20 years ago, 25 years ago. This older preacher was in prison for tax evasion of all things in the U.S. And before he went to prison for that, he was caught in adultery for, I think, um, two or two times, yeah. We don't know how long. But when the older preacher called the younger preacher because of the book, the younger preacher was honored. And he said, the old preacher said, I want to speak to you. So he went to the prison and was talking to him. And, and the young preacher said he gathered enough courage to ask this of the older preacher. He said, you are in prison. Obviously, yes. Yeah. When did you stop loving Jesus? You committed two adulteries that we know of, tax evasion, all these things. You had the biggest ministry in actually the world at that time in television. I told you that they needed buses to transfer people from the parking lot to the church. Buses from the parking lot. 
not from the homes. You had all that, and you lost it. So when did you stop loving Jesus? And he said, the older man said, I never stopped loving Jesus. Ever. Through the adultery, through the sins, through everything that was wrong, I still loved my Jesus. But what I had lost was a fear of the Lord. That got me in jail. And that prompted this man to study more and eventually write a book. And this is on the topic that the Lord is dealing with us. And many of you don't have the fear of the Lord. You say you do, but I don't know. You're fooling yourself. I'm not telling you this because I am so wise. No, I'm telling you this as the Lord is telling me to tell you. And the truth will set you free. Because many of you think you're all right. And as long as you think you're all right, you will be deceived. Remember, encounter leads to conviction of sin, then cleansing, and after that is commission. You may have an encounter with God, but if you think you're all right and you're convict, not convicted of sin, then what is that? That is not the God of the Bible. So I'm going to teach you from the Word of God. Why you should come clean with God. And you should not have profane fire. But that you serve a holy pursuit of God. And when I had, uh, like in YouTube, I have a lot of ministries as I subscribe to. I saw a minister or two speaking about the same thing. I was going to speak in this Sunday. Like I said before, earlier I would have sued that person for copying me. But I have not preached this and he has not preached And there are times where I preach six months before he has preached or she has preached or other ministers have preached. So what do I do? I sue them for plagiarism. But there are times when I preach exactly word for word, ditto what they preach. And it looks like I just copied and pasted. But no, I didn't do that. I didn't know about this until years later. And I was like, it's not good. Until the Lord spoke to me and said, they are all plugged to the same spirit as you are. Where do I get my messages from? From the Holy Spirit, yes? They get that message also from the Holy Spirit. So yeah, if the message happens to be the same, yeah, the source is the same, yes? So what, what do I mean by that? This is what the move of God is in the church. This is what I've been praying for. That there should be a fear of God in our hearts. Fear to be wrong with God. Not 
fear to be afraid of God. Adam was afraid of God. I spoke to you about that. And today I'm going to speak to you, continue to speak about, remember two Sundays ago I spoke about the feel of a lazy man? I'm going to continue what more on that. Remember, I told you if I were to speak the whole thing out, it would take two or two, uh, one or two sessions, yes? So I'm going to continue. And more than that, I'm going to add what the Lord has taught me this week also. That we should have an active pursuit of Him, not a passive Old Testament belief of who God is. And many of you are wondering why, what is happening with the Lord when you are not active with your faith. You will understand through Scripture the reasons why you need to be active. Let's go to Matthew 11, 12. And from the days of John, not me, the other one, John the Baptist, yes? And, and until now, not funny? Oh. Steve is very serious, yeah? Rhymes with as serious Steve, yeah? John the Baptist, until now the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and the violent take it by force, yes? You can all read that behind me, yes? It's clear, okay. Jesus said these words, yes? But remember, Jesus spoke this before he established the new covenant with his shed blood. In the Old Testament, like somebody was asking me about Naaman. Do you know who Naaman is? He runs McDonald's down the road, yes? How do you know? You read the Bible, then you'll understand, yeah? In the book of Quintax, in chapter 8, Donald Duck went to Disneyland, yes? No? It's not there in the Bible? Very good. Read your Bible once in a while, yes? It'll do you good, yes? Naaman had leprosy. He was the military leader or the chief of the staff of the military of Syria. I'm putting it in my words. But he had leprosy. So one of his slaves, a Hebrew girl, said, why don't you go to Israel and see this prophet who can heal you of this? That's a good thing, yes? So he went to the prophet and he said, um, I have leprosy, what will I do? He said, go jump in the river. That's what I tell people, go jump in the river. Yes? Biblical, yes? No. So dip yourself seven times. And he said, now I said, I have better rivers than Jordan, this muddy Jordan. But he got healed, yes? Because he obeyed the prophet, yeah? And then on his way back, he said, let me take a bunch, a little bit of a sack full of land with me. And he said to Elisha, if when my king worships his God, I have to be there because he bows down and I have to help him, yes? But understand this, that I, in my heart, I'm serving the real God. I might help him, but I'm serving the real God. Kingdom of God suffers what? Violence. 
That's good for Naaman, but that is not applicable to you and me. In the New Testament, Naaman could have said this. These are my words. Oh king, there's a savior in Israel. His name is Jesus and he healed me. He could have gone forth in the power of the Lord. And the king would have also been healed. Whatever his old age ailment is. Do you understand? Jesus spoke these words before he established the new covenant. We are better off than Naaman because we have power and authority because we are the temple of the Holy Spirit God himself. Yes? In the new covenant things are a little different. Like I said, we have God's power and authority. When you go to Acts 1.8 Jesus said, You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And if you don't have the Holy Spirit, what do you lack? Power. Simple. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me. By what? By the power of the Holy Spirit. Yes? Otherwise, you're a hypocrite. You may witness Christ. You may have done things in you. All you have an encounter. The Holy Spirit, according to John 16, 8, convicts the world of what? Sin. You understand? Yes? You shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and all of Judea and Samaria and the ends of the world. This is the difference between the old covenant and the new covenant. The new covenant with is what we are in. Yes? And with this power, we are called to be active with our faith and not passive. Faith without works is what? Dead. Do you understand? In other words, we should never be counted as lazy as a man with an open field without walls. Am I clear? Yeah? I'll give you some example. Let's go to 2 Timothy 2.22. says, Fully also youthful lust, but pursue righteousness, faith, love, peace, and with those who call, up, call the, on the Lord with the, out of a pure heart. Flee means what? Get out of harm's way. You do that. But most people think they're just pawns in a chess game and the Lord will move you here and there. No, you. It doesn't say God will make you flee or move you from the harm's way. It says flee. What? You will lust. You have to be active about it, yes? Get out of harm's way, yes? And then be active when it comes to what? Pursuing Righteousness, faith, and love. What does pursuing mean? When I was young, I used to watch a lot of TV shows where police used to pursue the robbers in cars, in horsebacks. And if you watch James Bond, the last one with Daniel Craig, on his feet, on top of cranes and all that. At that time, Parker was just being made popular. 
And guess what? James Bond knew parkour. But he pursued the the thief, yes? Do you know, have you watched that movie? Or are you all innocent doubts, yeah? What happened in the end? When it came to the thing that was crucial, he made a decision to kill and blow up that place, yes? That is pursuit. Pursue God, yes? Follow or chase someone. Continue or proceed along your walk with Christ, yes? Do you understand? Yes? Flee youthful lust and pursue righteousness. They go hand in hand. They're not sequential. But I'll show you how God makes things in order. Go to James 4, 7 and 8. It says, Therefore, submit to God, wrestles the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, he will draw near to you. Clench your heart, clench your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. There's the word hearts again, yes? First, but we're looking into something else. First, you must submit to God. How do you submit to God? Well, in earlier we read, flee, get out of harm's way. Do you understand? But submit to God and pursue righteousness, yes? Submit to God. Know that you are a slave of righteousness, yes? Not a, no longer a slave to sin, yes? Is that true? Yes? So submit to God. Resist the devil. Actively resist the devil. Don't call you pastor. You can, but actively resist the devil. What does Ephesians 6.16 say? Above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Most of the people that I meet are the people who are wounded by arrows because they have no idea where the shield is. I tell them to watch Captain America. He knows where his shield is. Yes. I'm joking, yes? Lighten up. This is not a message of condemnation, yeah? So what do you do? Like Captain America, you, when the fiery darts of the wicked one comes, and Hydra shoots, what does he do? Use a shield. He doesn't get shot and run to his pastor. Oh, pastor, pastor. Please pray for me. I don't know if Captain America does that now. Does he, Jake? No, he doesn't. Do you understand? Active faith. Shield of faith. That means you must know the word of God, yes? Otherwise, how, how will you defend yourself? Even if you think Naaman runs a McDonald's down the road, yes? And Daffy Duck, um, the Bible says, went to Disneyland, yeah? Do you know in the Bible it says, Paul said his father was crucified with Jesus? Scriptural. It says, my old man was crucified with Jesus, yes? At least you think it's funny, yeah? But lighten up, people. I'm not 
saying others to condemn you. You shall know the truth and the truth will set you free. Yes? Now, we are not talking about free, but flee. The devil will flee only if you resist him. Otherwise, he will not flee. We are called to be active, not passive. Remember the feel of a lazy man. You are lazy if you are passive. There is a danger in this. Laziness leads to profane fire. In Hebrews 12.29, we read that God, our God is a consuming fire. Yes, if you go back to Leviticus 9 and 10, towards the end of Leviticus, all the scriptures are there, and if you want, you can go through the video, but I'll explain what has happened. All of Israel placed offering before the Lord, and Moses and Aaron were the intermediaries, and the fire came from God and consumed the offering. And the people said, oh, this is great. And thus ends chapter 9. And remember, the Bible was not written in chapters and books like, like we read in English. Yes? But the beginning of chapter 10 goes like this. Then Nadab and Abihu, the sons of Aaron, each took a censer and put fire on it, put incense on it, and offered profane fire before the Lord, which he had not commanded them. Which he had not commanded. If there is no commission from the Lord, don't do this. Because what happened? So fire went out from the Lord and devoured them, and they died before the Lord. Why? Unless there is a cleansing, how can there be a commission of your sins? A cleansing of your sins. You go before the Lord with profane fire with your sins. You will get burnt. And the blood of Jesus covers those sins. But through Jesus, you walk worthy of your calling in Christ. Am I clear on this? Yes? The fire that was supernatural yesterday killed them today. Same fire from the same Lord. You know the story about Balaam and Balak. Balaam said, how can I curse these people whom the Lord has blessed? But he told Balak, do something. You get all your pretty girls to dance around the, their camp. All the men will come out and fornicate with them. And the very God that protects them will curse them, will judge them. And that happened. Last week I spoke about the sanctuary being destroyed. The fifth column attack. Don't be passive. Otherwise you will not sanctify your character. If you were a rascal 20 years ago, you will be a rascal even now. Long time ago, someone was talking 
all about how the Lord has touched him and this and that. I told this person, I said, you haven't changed this one thing. This one thing is still a trait among, uh, in what you do. And she said, yeah, that's true. At least he had the honesty to admit that. The fire from God that was supernatural history. The revival that is happening now. If you offer profane fire, will kill you. Don't fake it. No fakery, bakery, as I say. Do you understand? Have the fear of God. Here, what is happening in Leviticus 10 is Aaron lost his two sons because God judged him and Aaron was upset, naturally. And so Moses told Aaron, this is what God says. And he told them, and whatever, you can read the whole chapter to understand. But the Bible says, Aaron held his peace. He understood, okay, they did wrong. But the Lord continued saying, if you go to Genesis, I mean Leviticus 10, 8 to 11, he says, then the Lord spoke to Aaron, do not drink wine or intoxicating drink. You nor your sons with you, when you go to the into the tabernacle of the meeting, lest you die. It shall be a statute forever throughout your generation, that you may distinguish between holy and unholy, between unclean and clean, that you may teach the children of Israel all the statutes which the Lord has spoken to them by the hand of Moses. See, if they are drunk, they will no, not know the difference between holy and unholy. If they're drunk or intoxicated, they will not know, we will not know the difference between unclean and clean. And, the, and so the Lord says, do not drink wine or intoxicating drink. Now, there are a lot of Bibles that explain to Christians what Nadab and Abihu did. And I'm not saying they're wrong, but this is what the Jewish traditions say. They, Nadab and Abihu, were drunk. Maybe they had too much to drink. Maybe they had a hangover. I don't know what. Do you understand? But they were drunk. They were intoxicated. Wine in the Bible, from Genesis to Revelation. When is the first time wine is mentioned? Who got drunk? Noah. Yes? He went to the bar and got drunk, no? After the flood, no? Because there was a flood, yes? Because if there's a flood, what would you do? Head to the nearest bar, yes? No. This is not the gospel, yeah? In the book of Revelation, we hear about the harlot drunk from the wine. Yes? Wine speaks about theology, wrong theology, and the right theology. But wine speaks about theology. Don't have 
intoxicating theology because then you will end up with what? Itching ears. And Paul warns about that. Even Jesus said, you can serve God or you can serve mammon. Everybody thinks mammon is just money. But all that depends on your theology, how you understand God, yes. Give to Caesar what is Caesar's, yes? You understand? If you are intoxicated by the wrong theology, you would not know between clean and unclean, between holy and unholy. And listen very carefully. Causing the wrong spirit to move in you will cause you to move in the wrong spirit. That's obvious, yes? But what happens is then the Holy Spirit will either withdraw from you or judge you. Because that judgment will be there sooner or later. Some men's sins proceed before, some men's sins come after, but there will be a judgment. But if the Holy Spirit withdraws from you, think hard why that happens. I have been praying not for a revival as people see it, but I have been praying for the move of the Holy Spirit in this church upon your sin upon my sin and the need we have for repentance. I could think just you need repentance. No. The word of God is a double-edged sword. And I've been praying for that. And when that started, and it has already started with our heart, then it will flow. My cup runs over. Amen. The need for restitution, for repairing our relationship with Him. I spoke about the first love. I'm not saying all this to condemn you. I'm telling you because you will know the truth and the truth will what? Set you free, yes? And the need to bring our life into obedience to Jesus Christ and His Word. We think we are right with them, but we are not keeping it real, are we? No fakery, bakery, no facade, no intoxicating theology, no profane fire. Amen? Amen. For that, some of us, some of you, and I mean that some of you may even know, have to know who Jesus Christ is. Start maybe from the beginning. I don't know what state you are in unless the Lord reveals that to me. But these are the signs, yes? Remember, obedience is the highest form of intimacy with the Lord, not an encounter. In Kodei Kanal, when I used to go to the weekly, we had encounter sessions. 
But as you will study and as I have told you, encourage is just the beginning. Obedience is the highest form. If there is no obedience, what have you encountered? Foolishness. Go to Hebrews 12:14. I'm just giving you giving you an example of encounter how that is just the base. It says pursue peace with all people and holiness without which no one will see the Lord. Yes? So seeing the Lord is what? An encounter with him. Yes? That is just the base. Go to 1 John 5:3. What is obedience? For this is love and I spoke about love. Yes? Let love rule. Hey Anu. She always makes fun of me. Let love rule. Whenever I get an argue into an argument, you preach about letting love rule. I'm just saying it, giving it back to her now. Yeah. But what does 1 John 5:3 say? For this is the love of God that we keep his commandments and his commandments are not burdensome. If the Lord has told you something it's not burdensome that you yes be a yes and you no be a no and I spoke to like this example in 2014 someone came to me wanting a counsel from the Lord and I said this is what the Lord says and then maybe a year or so he came to me with the same thing I said this is what the Lord says and the very next year he came with the same thing I said I you not wing what the lord is telling you to do that no because if i do what the lord tells me to do my mother will react the same my sister will react the same my family will react i said the lord knows all that just obey what the lord says by faith his commands are not burdensome and the lord told me he doesn't love me He loves what I can give. He doesn't want to go to hell, so he come to church. But this is love. What? That we keep his commandments. You see what I mean? Yes. Obedience is the highest form. Yes. So I spoke to you about Isaiah chapter 6 you can read all that later but Isaiah 6:1 I'm in the year that King Uzziah died I saw the Lord you know what going on a choo choo train yeah sitting high and lifted up and the train of his robe filled his temple read your bible once in a while yes I saw the lord yes that means what he endured and he did something he went to shabrimala and and all the other malas and including everest and there he saw the lord or the lord showed himself to him huh the lord showed himself to him and therefore he said i saw the lord yes meaning the lord opened his eyes yes do you understand there was an encounter then what happened after he saw the lord he said oh is me i'm undone i'm a man of unclean lips i'm saying this from memory 
So that's why you should read the Bible to say to see if this is true or not. Yes. And the people who are with me are people with unclean lips also. This is the Old Testament, but the Spirit of God was only on one person. How can we say the people who are with us in the church are people of unclean lips when they should not be? But here is a conviction of our sin. Yes. And the Holy Spirit convicts according to John 16:8 as of sin. Yes, it's not there. I've not put it. After the conviction, what happened? The Lord said, "Okay, don't worry. I got this." He took a coal, a burning coal, and put it against Isaiah's lips so that his he won't be a man of unclean lips. Similarly, the blood of Jesus cleanses us. Yes. So, first there's an encounter, then there's a conviction, then there's a cleansing from whom? Not because we took a shower ten times, but from the Lord. Hallelujah. Then after all the cleansing, remember, the Lord appeared to Isaiah. Isaiah said, "I saw the Lord," and now the Lord is asking a strange question: Who will go for me? That means Isaiah was given a choice, just like you and I are given a choice. Like I said before, I had commissioned the Lord asked, "Who will go?" I said, "I will go." This is after a month of miracles and the Lord restoring. Lord said, "Who will go?" The Lord did all that. One guy I remember, I still remember, he came to take my photo and I I said his name really loudly. He, I think he got scared because he froze. Like in the old picture you say freeze and then you take a picture he froze. I said one day and he knew the Lord was speaking because I A lot of miracles happened. A lot of demons were driven out. A lot of families were restored. This was maybe the second week. I think he wanted to chronicle all this was that was happening. I said one day instead of the camera, you will carry the Bible. I could hear the few going from the pastor, from him, from his wife. You understand? And right now he's a pastor. you understand that the lord did all that encounter conviction and cleansing and i told you on the second or the third day a man so convinced of his sin he worked for the us army in bahrain i was in bahrain at that time and this the thing was in bahrain he said when i get angry he was what 6 foot 2 or something 6 foot 4 big guy So when he called me for breakfast as pastor I wanted you guys to you understand I was like okay what's going to happen but you know he said when I get angry I throw my wife across the room I thought he was exaggerating because how can you literally throw your wife he said if you don't believe me you go come to my house you will see the marks on my drywall and I remember him His wife was what five foot two or something like that. He's six foot four, double his height. 
I mean, uh, double her height. And what I didn't realize then was his son was playing bass. And I had prophesied, I said, the Lord will restore your parents. And I didn't know him. I didn't know he even know his name. I just knew he played, played bass. And from what he played, I could tell that he was a beginner, but he played the right notes and everything, yes. He was more nervous than I was, yeah. But then I told him, the Lord will restore your parents. Why? Because of the boldness that came from the Lord. And that happened that night. And that is why this man called me. Then the Lord asked, who will go? Ask me after. So going at that time for me meant quitting this job that I had because I knew both will not run parallelly. Unlike Naaman, I went to this man who was my friend and my boss and I told him, I'm quitting my job. He did not even understand. Later he told me I almost came to Bahrain from the US. He was in Spokane at that time. I said, I wanted to talk to you. I almost came to Bahrain because I didn't understand you. If you had come, maybe I would, the Lord would have converted you. Maybe you should have come because the presence of the Lord was there. After I left Bahrain, a couple of people came to the church inquiring about me and they were drunk and not by the spirit, but liquor. And we want to talk to John. And my pastor said, John is in India. What do you want to say? No, we want to see what is, what, what is. Because I had prophesied over someone who was a Hindu and it came to pass. And that Hindu repented and to understand. So a friend heard and came with another friend. But I said, okay, send them over. I'll deal with them. You understand? I told my pastor, I said, I'll send them over, yeah? But when the Lord commissions you, you will have boldness. The fact that you may not, or you're walking around without any boldness, you have to check your heart. Are you afraid of God? You have to check your heart. Is there no cleansing? Or you're coming to the pastor saying, Oh, I fell again, I fell again, I fell again. Check your heart. That's why I said, some of you need a real encounter with the Lord. Am I clear? Yes? You must have real fear of the Lord. It starts with that. If we don't obey the word of God, we will be afraid of God. I've heard it said, that the Bible says more than 365 times because there are that many days in a year, fear not. But I can show you scriptures over 200 that says fear God. Both are true. Fear God, yes. The world has another definition of fear. When I was studying, um, you, most of you know that I studied in the U.S. system in, in the, from the U.S. school and we were studying U.S. history. 
And so we were studying about the U.S. presidents, and one of them, by the name of uh, Roosevelt, Franklin Delano Roosevelt, yes, he's quoted as saying, the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. I thought that was great when I heard it. Ah, that is wonderful, but that is not biblical. Fear is the demon. Hallelujah. And we don't fear demons. But this is not what I'm not going into. Now there is destructive fear. That is fear of losing something. Like if you, if you fear losing someone, you put a cage on that someone. Yes, Rabbi? Yes? And then what happens? That person is captive. That is destructive fear, yes? But there is also constructive fear. That is the fear of falling off a building or fear of a cliff, yes? And constructive fear, although it is beneficial, if it's left unchecked, can be perverted and do harm to our lives. That same fear of heights can stop you from getting on board of a plane, yes? Because planes fly, yes? Now it comes back to the question that I started out with. What do we fear the most? Not what do we love the most. What do we fear the most? This question, if answered properly, put, puts all other fears into perspective. and enhances our life. In other words, you look at this thing and say, in the world, courage is having fear and overcoming it. And I didn't have courage. But when I was filled with the Holy Spirit, I had something better called boldness. That's what the disciples prayed for. When the Spirit came upon me, I didn't care who was in front of me, I just spoke. I've seen other men of God do the same. You understand? Real fear, according to Proverbs 1.7, is the fear of the Lord, for it is the beginning of knowledge. But fools despise wisdom and instruction. Why? Because only the fear of the Lord will give you His wisdom and instruct you in the way you should go. So you should be afraid to be wrong in God's eyes. Am I clear? Yes? We learn many things from the Old Testament. They are there for our learning. Yes? Go to Romans 15.4. Is for whatever things were written were written before for our learning. Yes? Now, it's good that you learn and you understand this is sin. But what does it say in Psalm 119 verse 11? I think you'll have to go back one, yes? It says, Your word I have written in my heart 
How will you hide the word of God in your heart? You heard this saying in during exam time by heart this. Yes. This is the original meaning of that, yeah? It's not memorizing it without understanding it. Eh? Your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. So knowledge of this is good, but what is love? Obedience. Your word I have I've hidden in my heart so I may not sin against you. You see the correlation? Yes. This will bring us patience and comfort. It'll stabilize us. You understand this? Yes. If not, we will produce profane fire. Elade destroy us immediately or later. Don't miss out on the move of God. What are the four things I mentioned from Isaiah 6? What is the first thing? Encounter. Then what? Conviction. Then what? Cleansing. Then what? Commission. Do you understand? Of all the revivals, true revivals, you'll find this. Even in the one that is taking place now in the US. Though we may not see everything. You only like for example if you um watch uh, what was in Asbury, you'll only see worship. But where was that? In a chapel. And what happened in that chapel? They spoke the word. So they may be Methodists. Because the Asbury was a Methodist writer yeah um, circuit writer yes i mean i'm talking about the person yes the college is named after him yes you know the pentecostals got offended when the catholics experienced a move of god and they said oh they're not saved in the 50s there was a move of god and then in the 60s there was a charismatic move of god there was healing there was a word of faith and then he had the charismatic i got saved because of the charismatic move yes then i understood the truth and it set me free yes so this move don't mock check your heart don't be a judge oh this can't be the move god check your heart who cares if that is a move of god in the us is not your battle cry check your heart what 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 does it matter if your heart is unrepented towards the lord whether that revival is true or not and if you run to the pastor saying oh pastor i've been shot can you do something what will the pastor ask you where is your shield You understand? I'm not trying to make you feel guilty. But if you are because of what I have said, then good. But change. 
Don't fear profane fire. You won't fear if you change, yes? Then fear of God, when it's directed towards God, when it's rightfully the fear of being wrong with God becomes a virtue. You can say, ah, oh, that man fears the Lord. Therefore, he won't cheat. In the Bible, we read Abraham saying, there was no fear of God, so I, I don't know what you'll do. I don't sin, not because I don't want to, but because I fear God. Coming back to that illusion. That the, well, illustration, not the illusion. Illustration I spoke about earlier. I fear God that keeps me. The moment I lose that fear of God, I get on my knees. I go to God and I say, Lord, this is not good. Where did I go wrong? What happened? And I get right every day with the Lord. You understand? I suggest you do the same. This is not a joke. This is no joke. You don't get left behind. It doesn't matter what your tradition says, who you are. Unless you move with the Lord, what the Spirit is doing in our lives, unless there's true repentance in our don't get left behind. Remember the vision I said? The Holy Spirit was moving like the wind. Hoist your sails. You fly with the Lord. Amen? Amen. Let's all stand up.